This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It is Friday, it's the 9th of February 2024. Coming up today, Grace has all the news, and Lena's here with another excellent app recommendation. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest, how you doing today? Wow, wow. I am great, thank you, Stephen Scott. How are you, sir? Oh, do you know, I am feeling good today. I uh, feel uh, this has been a good week. I've enjoyed this week. I, and I don't want that to sound like I don't enjoy Breaking the news. other weeks. Just to be very clear, <laughs> for contractual reasons, uh, I enjoy all the shows. But, you know, this one, this one, this week's been special. I don't know why. I just feel I think we're kind of back to ourselves this week. That's how it feels to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like we got, we got into the emails again. We've been mm. getting back on track. We've not yes. had big conferences to think about. Mm. We see all this, of course. And then a couple of weeks' time, we're off to Vienna, and the whole show changes <sighs> again. But it's going to be fine, because we're going to love it. It'll be great fun. All going to be fine. We're going to be kept very busy in uh, Vienna. Uh, Vienna. Which, by the way, let me just warn everyone that's going to Vienna with us. I am mm. going to be constantly doing that. I can't help myself. Yes. It's going to be, ah, uh, Vienna, all throughout our stay. So um, you've been warned. Mr. F. He says no. <laughs> I can't help it. You know what? I, I, surprisingly <laughs> enough, I do know what you mean. It's felt like uh, it's been a good week. I've really enjoyed the shows this week. Yeah. Yeah. Loads of interesting conversation. And uh, we're going to dive into some of that now because we're going to look back at the week in news with our Grace Scofield, who joins us, as always, uh, with a roundup of the week's news and plenty to talk about uh, here, I am sure. Grace. Thanks, guys. We're going to get started with some news this week of some reported delays of the new Optima Braille laptop from Access Mind and Orbit Research. Adi Kushner, who leads Access Mind and is leading in the development of the product in partnership with Orbit, has had to maintain expectations following the terror attack in Israel where he lives. In a powerful interview this week, Addy updated Double Tap listeners. I'm born here and I live here and a huge event happened that practically changed our lives, I believe, forever. But uh, when it comes to this particular project, it delayed things quite for quite a while, uh, simply because we, all of a sudden, we could not work. Um, for example, I was in protected spaces all the time since the start of this um, terrible event. Some people call it a war, some people call it a conflict, whatever. But um, I was, you know, you saw me in a few conferences. I was able to escape to Site Village in London in November to have a bit of a break. But work and life stopped. And only now it's sort of starting to, to recover. And, you know, I don't want to get into political things here. Of course, this is not uh, the show for that. And I'm not a political person myself. Um, but the reality is that, you know, it, the thing that's important for me the most is honesty with people. And I cannot lie and tell you, oh, guys, you know, it has been delayed because of, you know, uh, X, Y reason while it's not when it's not the actual reason. So the main reason that impacted this is my inability to work and function at all during this time, starting from October 7th and going forward. 
The forthcoming iOS 17.4 update from Apple is set to bring significant changes for users within the European Union. The update is expected to introduce features that align with the EU's stringent privacy and data protection standards, such as the General Data Protection Regulation, also known as GDPR. Enhanced privacy settings aim to provide those in the EU with greater control over their personal data. But it is also aimed at addressing competitiveness in the digital market, in line with the EU's Digital Markets Act. This could involve Apple allowing the creation of alternative app stores and differing payment systems on iOS devices, giving EU members a wider range of choices and potentially better pricing for apps and services. Pratik Patel told DoubleTap it's clear that Apple isn't happy about it. Apple's general philosophy has been to keep everything under a single control, and that's App Store, um, you know, with a 30% slash 15% charge. And, you know, based on what they say publicly, at least, it's not only about the money. It's about security. It's about privacy. It's about fraud. It's about control of the operating system. And internally, they've been dragging their feet in how they approach this. Uh, if you look at the press release that came out with iOS 17.4 developer beta, it was sarcastic. <laughs> you know, basically, they're telling the European Union, you wanted this, here's the way you, here's the way you get it. We heard on Double Tap last year about a new potential screen reader that is in the works. But did you know that another one is already here? Type Ahead is a new way to navigate using the existing voiceover screen reader and makes the most of artificial intelligence. Instead of navigating by heading on a website or by line on a page, you simply open a chat window with a hotkey and tell the screen reader what you want to do in plain English. The app promises to enable you to click on buttons, enter text and form fields and menus, and that means it doesn't matter if an update changes the look or feel of a site or app. You can also teach the app to do something using quick actions, and Type Ahead can learn and repeat in the future. The app, like everything with AI, is at an early stage and the developer is inviting feedback. Currently, an offline version of the app is available for free, which means you don't need to access the internet to use it, and your data is stored locally. An online version is also available starting at $8 per month, offering additional features like access to chat GPT for Turbo. Expect a demo very soon here on DoubleTap as we put this new screen reading assistant through its paces. Regular contributor Michael Babcock brought us news this week from Lenovo and new accessibility features coming to their laptops this year. Following some investigation and in his own communication with the PC company, he discovered that they are bringing tactile representations of key buttons in newer Lenovo laptops later this year. Michael detailed which keys will get tactile markings for easier identification. Lenovo plans to add tactile representation on the insert key, which apparently typically sits next to the delete key. Another key that they're going to be adding tactile representation to is the function key. They're adding tactile representation to the enter key. I think this will help with making people feel more confident with their keyboards. It is Super Bowl weekend, and as the Super Bowl approaches, fans are not only anticipating a thrilling game, but also the highly anticipated commercials. My personal favorite part. One of those commercials is Google, showing off a major accessibility feature in their new Pixel devices. The ad is for the Google Pixel, 
focusing on its innovative guided frame feature designed to assist visually impaired users in taking photos. This video is shown through the perspective of an active individual with low vision. For many people with blindness or low vision, there hasn't always been an easy way to capture daily life. Disclaimer, screen images simulated, sequences shortened. Now in a park, a blurry image as a person holds out their phone to take a selfie. One face cropped. Move your phone down. Lowers the phone. One face in frame. Hold for photo. A clear photo of a bearded man. A blurry image of a man in his kitchen. He stirs a pot and his dog trots over. Dinner for one. Hello. He takes a selfie with his dog. One face and one pet in frame. Another crisp photo. Look who's here. <laughs> the man's girlfriend. <laughs> Two faces in frame. Photos of smiles. Happy a party. A sports event. Two faces. Camping. Good morning. Two faces. First day in the new place. New apartment. <laughs> Making funny faces. Running a marathon. Two faces. She kisses his cheek. <laughs> now, the couple is dressed up and the man takes a selfie of them in a mirror using his Google Pixel 8 phone. Two faces. More crystal clear photos of his partner. The man navigates through a hospital. Two faces in frame. He lowers the phone. Three faces in frame. Hold for photo. A sharp, priceless photo of the man and his tired but smiling partner holding a newborn. Capture life, no matter how you experience it. Guided frame, only on Google Pixel. Logo, the four-colored Google G. This feature uses audio commands to guide the user in framing their shot, ensuring that everyone can capture moments that matter to them. The ad aims to raise awareness of the challenges faced by visually impaired people and demonstrate how technology can help with these obstacles. That's your Double Tap News for this week. I'm Grace Scofield. Thank you, Grace. I've got to say that Google Ads kind of hits me a little bit, if I'm honest. I know it's, I'm not supposed to be inspired by blind people. <laughs> Stop but, it. Uh, I've got to say, that was that's a good ad. <laughs> I had a tear in my eye. I had dry eye this morning. It's been cured. Are you sure? Thank you, Google. Really? Really? <laughs> yeah, I just, I'm in a, a nice mood. Don't, don't, you know, don't get me down. No, I'm not getting oh, there you we down. Go. I'm back. Look, I'm back. I, 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 I liked it. I liked the fact that they just highlighted this in the whole commercial. It wasn't just a little segment inside the other commercial. I really liked that. That was cool. Mm. It's just the two faces, two faces, two faces. Do you say anything else? Three faces. Oh, that's cool. Well done, you. <laughs> but that's um, the point. You get the point, right? That it's the three faces is because the family has expanded. So the newborn baby is there. No, no, yeah, of course I get that. I get that. But it's just two faces. They're dressed up smartly looking in a mirror. Well, you know, give us a little bit more info. I want more, Stephen Scott. It's just not enough. Yeah. Well, again, this is something that will probably come with AI, right? I mean, AI is going to get... And this is all the parts coming together, right? Eventually, we... I'm talking to Colin Hughes, you know, the, the great, fantastic disability advocate that he is. Yes. He's coming up in a couple of weeks. He's going to be talking to us here. Uh, we recorded the interview the other day and, and we were talking about, you know, some of that. And he was talking about Apple, right? So he was talking about like voice control and Siri. And I was talking about dictation and how on their own, all of these features have got really cool elements to them. They're not all perfect, but they do have cool elements. And if you, if you actually just smush them together, It'd be amazing. And I guess it's a little bit like this, like you're saying with AI, you know, if it could just kind of almost build in the Be My AI to the guided frame, yes. then you would get 
detail rather than just you're in shot. Oh, well, I wasn't expecting that. I was just picking an argument for the sake of it. But yes, okay, there you go. Very there serious go. answer and well done. Um, Thank you. All I want the camera to say person. is if I'm in shot. So it's absolutely fine. I was just... but then, yeah, but then again, you're taking a picture, right? Do you need to know every single bit about it? I mean, uh, it's not, I you're not getting dressed. You're just taking a picture. Exactly. It was a terrible argument I put forward. Oh, I see. Right. Well done. Congratulations. You've you've recognised the error of your ways. I'm pleased. Uh, not honestly, I was. And you know, what I think what got me about it was it was a nice story, but also it didn't feel like I was listening to a blind person in the sense of the <gasps> traditional advertising that is often associated with blind people and advertising, you know, struggling to cross a road or you yes. know, having difficulty and having trouble. It wasn't any of that. It was or about climbing life. a mountain. Yeah. Yeah, but people having a life, doing yes. things, going to a sports game, getting dinner, doing what they're doing, you know, that's the normal stuff we do. And I, I just wonder how much that will resonate because it's interesting. We'll pick up on that perhaps. I wonder if the sighted audience will just pick up on, oh, isn't that nice? The blind people can take pictures too. I don't know which, which people land on this. I'd, lo- I'd love us. I think the best thing that Google could do actually after this advert is get mm-hmm. a survey out there of people and, and get their reaction, not just to the ad, whether it's positive or not. I think most people would agree it's positive. But of course. What did they take from it? What did they pick out of that? Because if you're um, talking about changing a society, and I'm not suggesting Google is, they want to sell phones, right? But, you know, as part of that, there's a society element to this, which is, you know, you can change minds with an advert. And would, could that go some way to do that? I, I don't know if this one, I, I think it could do it. I just don't know how receptive people are to it. Are we just going too deep? It's just a nice advert. Fine. All right. Okay. Uh, what did you take out the news? I'm just going to shut up now. I'm going back to be miserable. Thanks. My eyes are now dry. Hang on They're a minute. Dry. No, no. I'm interested now. You brought this up. I'd be interested to know if people thought that his partner was blind or sighted. Oh, that's a good one. I'm assuming yeah. she was sighted off that. But hey, I'm making assumptions. How dare now. you? Well, no, I, I would what, love carer. I'm just thinking of the times I've ever been in hospital after a birth of my child, and some of the questions <laughs> and remarks from nurses about who's going to help you, how could you possibly yours? manage? That didn't come up. <laughs> Exactly <laughs> enough, but some of the attitudes towards us being capable of, of looking after a child of our own. Um, mm-hmm. Now I'm getting far too deep. This was just a nice advert. Sorry, <laughs> move on. Unbelievable. But, what, but isn't it interesting how that comes out of that? Right? You kind of this is this is kind of what we do, right? But other people do this as well. You start to think about this in a much deeper way, mm-hmm. and you know our audience are intelligent. We have to keep up with these people. Oh, I know. Yeah, anyway, not, this, this isn't trash talk radio. It might feel like it, well, as far as we're concerned. Only on but, our side, not our listeners. Yeah, only on our side. The audience are intelligent. Let's try to keep up with them. Let's move on, because the other big story out of that, of course, was the, what's it called? Talk Ahead for the Mac. Breaking News. Breaking News. That felt loud to me. Um, yes, I think that felt loud to all of us. <laughs> I feel very loud to me. Uh, yes, Type Ahead is what you were talking about. But yeah, ah, right. Breaking News. That's just huge. Why type ahead? I'm, I'm quite confused by the name. Well, I think the idea, so the whole idea here is, and I called it in the script specifically uh, when Grace read this, a screen reading assistant. I think that's important to think of it that way because it does work. It's not a replacement for anything at the moment. And I don't even know if it ever would become one, but it's an interesting move. And this is something I, I want to take personal credit for this because as you well know, I'm a, I'm a hero. Of course you do. Yes. And I'm very modest about it. Yes. The Scottish invented this, I'm sure. 
We've invented everything. Yes. Actually, there's a clip I'd love to play you. I don't think I'm allowed to play no, you're it because not. of copyright oh. issues, but it was from a TV show in the UK called QI. Uh, Stephen Fry used to host it. Uh, he's the voice of Harry Potter, if you've never heard of the TV show. And um, he uh, did this whole he did this whole shtick on, you know, what the Scottish invented. And it was interesting because the whole thing about QI is that it's about kind of almost picking up the wrong answers a lot of the times. People think, for example, kilts, haggis, those are Scottish inventions. But they weren't. You know, these came from other countries. Yes. Um, even you know, even the word hogmanay, which is classed as New Year in Scotland, is a French word, right? So things like that that come up. And, and this all came out of this. But then he went on to list the things that were invented in Scotland, and the list was just endless. Up to, and including, by the way, the US Navy. Uh, that's an invention? I, I can't get how that works. There's things no. in that list. I'm like, did we just say we did that? I, yes. I, I, how did we? I guess someone <laughs> left Scotland and became the US Navy. I don't can know I how d- that works. But can I just say before we became get emails, um, Stephen Fry is the voice of Harry Potter audiobooks in the UK. Of course, in America. No, but people listen outside. No, no, there's a, it's, no, no. It's in. It's Jim Dale. All right, yes, just for you, but, but, Harry Potter fans out there. Yeah, but Ramia was on with us on Access Tech Live last week, and she oh, was talking no. about. Here we go. She said, "She said it's either Jim Dale or you can choose Stephen Fry." So she had. A, she always has a choice. Yes, well, I don't know I, if you realise, but Ramia lives in Canada. Yes, I'm. I'm saying that there is. It's not just Stephen Fry. So I'm agreeing with Ramia. What? I'm agreeing with her. Oh, I see. It's not just Stephen Fry, as you asserted. You're being very deliberately abrasive today. I've noticed this. I know, it's Friday. It's good, isn't it? I'm I'm getting excited for the weekend. Yeah, honestly, we dump the Express and you get abrasive. I'm bringing back the Express. Get that that train out the station. A screen-reading assistant. A screen-reader assistant. Oh, yeah, that. Actually, Um, I think that's a very good description because I still can't quite get my head around the concept of this. From what I've heard, this sounds very similar to a device we were talking about at the CES. Um, The Rabbit, which was a, a device which used the, what's it called? Large actions model, rather than the large language model for AI, where you talk to it and it understands you. This understands apps and services. So you can say, you know, do something and it'll go off to um, Amazon and do whatever you want it to do. I get the same sort of feeling from this. Similar, similar, at least from my, and I have downloaded it. I haven't had a minute this week to even get near it to try it. And I don't want to just rush it before we start the show and, and try it out. I'd rather spend a bit of time on it. And I will do a demo for the show because I think it's really interesting. But from, from my understanding of reading the website and what it says about it, and of course what you heard there, which is pretty much all of my understanding about it so far, it is like, it's like the, someone called it the co-pilot for blind people. So Microsoft's co-pilot is like the equivalent. So it's a chatbot that you that you can bring up on screen with a, a, a command. And when you're on a website, or apparently in an app as well, you can ask it to press buttons, enter text in search fields, click on menus, that kind of thing. How deep that goes into the system and what you can do and whether or not you can layer that. So for example, say file, you know, go to you know, save this file as a Word document to my desktop. Can it do that? I don't know. We're going to try it and find out. But that essentially is the kind of way it works. And it's interesting because, I, and I kind of jokingly say I, I came up with this idea, but it wasn't really my idea because I didn't invent it. But what I did think was when I heard about AI, how this could essentially do this kind of thing. Remember we talked about this, but it was, you know, imagine being able to ask AI to just go to the website and get something for you. I think I used the example of the yellow kettle. Find me a yellow kettle for $50. 
or less, mm. add it to the basket, pay for it using my card ending with these four digits. And it could just go off and do it. I don't think that is what this is. This is about individual applications. So when you're in an application, you can bring up the chatbot and you can ask it to do things. And then you move on. The type of head name, I think, is related to the fact that it is kind of letting you get ahead without having to do it. So, you know, you don't have to go and navigate something by tab or by heading or by line or whatever it is. It will go off and find it for you. Now, there's, there's websites and apps I can immediately think of that I have challenge with. And that is where I'm going to start. Because if I can do things with this that I can't do, and, and the immediate one that comes to mind is Audacity on the Mac, or audio editing application that we use, I there are just elements in that I cannot use because they don't speak. So, for example, if I was to, I don't know, make a piece of audio quieter, you have to go into this amplify option. You've got to select how many decibels lower. Say I wanted minus 3 dB on it, which is minus 3 decibels. You know, to, to actually do that is almost impossible because there's no screen reading component to it. It doesn't read what the, the current value is of, of the amplification level. Yes. You can't tell if you're doing it properly or not. So if I was able to, do, to get that done with this pilot, this co-pilot, if you like, although it's not called co-pilot, it's called this type ahead. You got to, it's not brands now, that's the problem. You got to get, you get mixed up. Um, <laughs> but ultimately it could make a real difference. And, and yeah, that would be very interesting. So, I mean, look, early days, I imagine, but this is pretty cool. And it does sound like it's got elements of this large action model. I don't know how else it can physically just read a web page and, and action it for you. I don't think I've ever seen this before. Well, this is the discussion we had when you know ChatGPT first burst onto the scene about how this changes the entire OS, just simply asking for what you want and it figures out exactly what you need and how to do that. Um, it's not just a case of this changes screen readers. This also changes how we use computers forever as well. And you know what? This sort of functionality is what I expected, as you keep mentioning it, Copilot. This is exactly yeah. what I thought Copilot would be able to do. I'm not saying it's not going to be able to do that, but currently it's very limited. But I'm, I'm, as that's built in at a system level in Windows right of, as of now, I'm very interested to see if we get this similar functionality built into Windows. That would be cool. Because this is for Mac. Let's just make that clear. Only for Mac. Now, why is that? I wonder why that is. Why? I mean, it's just been developed for Mac, or is there a reason for that? Is there something? Because I know that Apple launched this uh, model of their own uh, publicly just last week, which is all about editing images. So, for example, if you said, this was the description, it was Michael Babcock that told me about this. He said, you know, if you asked it to create an image of a donut, you would get a picture of a donut, and that's fine. But then if you, you could say to add sprinkles, and it would just know to do that in the right way. Um, you know, so, I, I mean, I... I I've got so many views on this editing image thing. I, I just don't get it, if I'm perfectly honest. Just a world I do not understand. Why would you want to create an image? For what purpose For what would you purpose? do this? You should know that more than it. anyone. A featured image on a blog post or something? I mean, it's so difficult to trust that I'm grabbing an image of something. The, the description may tell me something, but do I trust that description? If I can yeah, self I don't know if I trust this either, though. Well, I mean, that, you had the, these things with, like, you know, oh, draw, me, draw me a guy walking <laughs> down the street using a white cane. Uh, how do you know if that white cane looks proper? Um, because, of course, white canes differ around the world. They might think it's a walking stick or, you know, which is very different to mobility age. You've, you know, the, the person could have six fingers on each hand, for all we know. I mean, What's that has that? happened already. <laughs> 
useful, yes, but not not realistic. That's the problem, you know. And I just you could end up. I just I don't get the point. I'm like, what's the point? I don't understand. Am I missing something? Yes, you're missing something. It's for the creative types. I don't know, but the ability to, for those of us that can't draw um, through a disability or just lack of talent, it could be useful. It just feels a bit like the elephant with the paintbrush. Remember that story years ago, the the elephant they gave a paintbrush (laughs) to and they they said it painted a masterpiece. I mean, who's compared to what? Well, art is subjective. with a paintbrush? Here we go. it's, It's very deep, this episode, isn't it? Is isn't it? Yeah, I don't like um, it. <laughs> far too much coffee today, I think, uh, or la- or too much lack of sleep. Honestly, um, <laughs> got to say, quick, quick word. Uh, I want to say a quick uh, shout out to Rochelle Manette, who was on uh, Access Tech Live with us last night on TV. Um, what an incredible woman! And if you get a chance to go back to the episode, we do put what's called a PG rating on it, uh, yes. which. Um, you know, because it's not one for the kids. I would strongly encourage you not let the kids be in the room while you're listening to this or watching this, um, just because of the nature of the content. We're, we're discussing sex. We're discussing sex and, and people, how they have sex and, and all of that. And it's a very important conversation, I think, because it's not, of course, Access Tech Live is about the broader conversation of disability. And Rochelle is is a sex educator. She runs her own sex shop as well. And it's just a really interesting conversation. And I've got to say, you know, it, I was really nervous about that episode uh, because we're live on TV for a start and it, you never know what's going to happen on live TV the best of times. But, you know, I just, I wasn't sure how this was going to go. And earlier in the week, we'd had a meeting with Rochelle just to you know, discuss through some of the topics we're going to pick up on in the show. And I was just so impressed by her. And I, I just thought, wow, what an incredible woman. And she just she gave so much credibility and, you know, a real, just a gravitas to the whole thing, uh, which I'm really glad she was there. So huge thank, and, uh, huge thanks to her and a huge shout out. You should go check out the website if you uh, wish to. may not be for everyone, and I understand that, but that's kind of the point of the episode as well. But a lot of people just don't want to talk about this stuff. No. And, you know, I'm really, I'm, really, I'm really proud of AMI. I'm really proud of AMI letting us talk about it because, you know, a lot of places would, a lot of broadcasters might shy away from that, especially, I mean, let's be honest, disability and sex, Ugh. you know, it, ten, it tends to only ever show up in a very seedy context or in some kind of fetish type con- context. It never seems to come up as a general conversation. Oh. And I feel... I don't know. I just feel so, so, so pleased we were able to have this conversation. I can sense how uncomfortable you are right now, oh, which yes. is why I'm even enjoying more talking about it today. I had to um, go to bed early. I wasn't allowed to watch. So uh, <laughs> that's right. No sex, yeah. please. I'm disabled. No, I, I had to call my mum last night. I, was like, I think you might have skipped this one. Just, you know, just I don't mind you watching every other episode. I, I mind you not watching them, but just this one. I think you maybe it's not for you. I know. So my of mom, course, I know you would have like. tuned in. Exactly. <laughs> Horrified. <laughs> or enlightened. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Access Tech Live, AMI Plus, and on YouTube. Uh, but anyway, it's Double Tap. We are going to get into your emails, and we have a fantastic app recommendation. If you feel perhaps at some point in your life you just need to talk to someone uh, and you can't get out, you can't find any um, therapeutic support anywhere local to you, uh, Lena's got a great suggestion. That's next. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. Call the Double Tappers now, 1-877-803-4567 or email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. Hello, Double Tappers. There is an app 
I'd like to tell listeners about called Better Help. It's two words, and it is an app that helps a person connect with a local therapist or an online therapist. The app itself is free, and it's available for iOS and Android, but the therapy costs money. The weekly fee is 60 to $90, depending on what type of professional a person wants to work with. Examples would be a psychologist, a licensed clinical social worker, a family counselor, Basically, the more education, the more expensive. And the other factor is whether a person wants in-person therapy or what I'm going to call online therapy, which isn't quite fair because the therapy can be online, video chat, or telephone. Although... The group is based in the United States. Anyone, anywhere can take advantage of this service as long as they're willing to forego in-person therapy. The company bills every four weeks, and in order to get matched with a therapist, a person has to fill out a very detailed questionnaire all of the questions are relevant. You know, what's the problem? What kind of therapy are you looking for? And there's always, I don't know, or I'm not sure for one of the choices. There's some philosophical questions. And all this takes place before a person is matched with a therapist. If a person doesn't feel comfortable with the assigned therapist, it's no problem to change the app and the questionnaire process is fully accessible. And once a person gets through the questionnaire, and I would say plan to spend 45 minutes to an hour on that, then a person receives a match and can decide how to proceed, whether the person feels comfortable after reading the therapist's credentials and something about the therapist's style and philosophy. All of the people are licensed in the state where they live. All of them have at least a master's degree and at least three years of experience. I have not used the service myself, but I do know several psychologists who are providing therapy to people through this app. Not all of their clients are based in the United States, and they feel that it's very useful and as good as in-person therapy because people feel more comfortable and will do it. Lena there with that fantastic app recommendation. Well worth checking out. Thank you so much for sending that in, Lena. Appreciate it as always. And uh, like all our content, we'll be putting onto our website so you can go back and listen to it again and get more details uh, from uh, Lena's demo. 
and all of our content, like I say, uh, Double Tap News, our interviews through the week, you can find it all at doubletaponair.com. Right, Sean, time for this. Emails. We get emails. We get your email every day. Every day. Here's your mail today. Pinky bonky, pinky bonky, pinky bonky Friday emails. <laughs> I just realised every time that comes on, I do a little dance. I don't know why. I know, I, I'm on the radio. I bought my head. I, I do cheer dancing. I don't agree with actual movement. Oh, because no, yeah. that involves I'm not standing effort. up. No, of course no, not. exactly. That would be ridiculous. <sighs> uh, right, let's get to the emails then. Uh, Laura's here with our first one. Uh, good old Mrs. K is here. Sorry, good young Mrs. K is here Madam. with our emails. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> from Camille, first off. I was surprised when I heard Stephen mention he had only recently found out about groups.io. A friend of the show, David Goldfield, publishes a daily update on what is going on in the world of accessibility. On a different note, your interview with Adi Kushner was something else. We are lucky to be living in countries not at war. And finally, it took some doing, but I found the double tap videos using the TV YouTube app. Ooh. Happy tapping, Camille. Very good. Um, hope that was accessible enough for you. I'd be interested to know what uh, TV you've got there. This came up in conversation, actually. One of the emails we got in, um, I think, through the TV show, or perhaps through the... There's so many ways people consume <laughs> us now, so it's kind of hard to know what people are talking about specifically, but the conversation yes. around accessible TVs came up. You had uh, experience, was that an LG TV your partner, Sarah, had? Yes, it was, and I love the LG. It's funny. I've got a, a Samsung 55-inch in the living room, totally accessible, right? Works great. Mm. And I've got the LG in the bedroom, a smaller one, 24-inch or something. I cannot bear the voice on the Samsung it yeah. is yeah. awful and i end up turning it off because it's just the experience of the low quality of the voice drives me absolutely crazy the lg on the other hand absolutely lovely so it just shows you again we talk about accessibility right technically accessible but i can't bear to hear it <laughs> so uh, there is a difference between them i do like the lg well do you think that the lg is running its own it can't be its own screen reader is it is it talk back it's running do you know Oh, no, I actually don't know. Uh, I don't know what they call it. I mean, I don't even know. Is Samsung running its own or is it some sort of fork of Android voice guide? I don't know. Mm. Honestly, I don't know what is the uh, the foundation behind it. I just know it's a totally different sounding experience. And maybe that's just down to the pure hardware of it. I mean, the speakers, when I'm listening to just general TV sound on the Samsung, seem absolutely fine. But as soon as that screen reader comes on, it sounds like it's you know got a pillow over its face sounds absolutely terrible whereas the <laughs> lg sounds very nice so i don't know if it's just the quality of the tts that's what i'm laughing because i'm asking this question because i'm thinking of getting a tv in, in here just a little tv again i don't need anything big i just want something that i can just put on get the news whatever i want you know as, I, as i'm going and i'm kind of laughing because i had a samsung tv which was 32 inch. I, I talked about it quite a lot. It was an M5, I think it was, was the was the, the make of it, Samsung M5. Smart monitor, right? So you yes. can connect a computer to it. You get USB-C. It sounded can, really nice. I was interested awesome. in that one. Beautiful, beautiful monitor or screen, I should say. And, and great, I mean, probably the most accessible monitor I've ever used because it comes with a remote control, all the menus talk, so you can control every aspect of it. Does it have a TV tuner system. built in though? It doesn't, no, no, no. So all it has is the ability to do on-demand stuff, so you can get the apps on it. Yeah. So it's kind of down to how accessible those are. But, you know, I think YouTube is accessible on it. Um, some of the local apps here in the UK, like the BBC apps and, and things like that, they were all fine. Um, but, yeah, the, re the reason I'm laughing is because I had a bit of an accident with it. <clears throat> uh, oh. Let's just say I was tidying up 
couple of weeks back. And um, <laughs> there's your first mistake. Yeah, well, was, uh, exactly. Never, never move anything. Because no. the problem is when you move something, what you forget when you're blind sometimes is you might move something and then something else is probably either near or next to it. And even though you've checked, you've checked the surrounding area, you move something, suddenly something appears from nowhere. And what happened was a suitcase, which had stuff in it, I think I'd put CDs in this particular case, uh, fell off the shelf onto the monitor, which was lying flat because I was moving it. And it basically all, I don't know if it didn't quite go through it, but it certainly put, it made it a curved monitor. Let's just say it made the monitor curved. And uh, You improved it. Well done. I, I, I improved it visually, not so much functionally. So, uh, yeah, I'm in the market for something else because that one was being pretty much destroyed. What a TVs are shambles. quite cool now, though. I mean, back in the day, it was, okay, you got Samsung, maybe, you know, Philips, I think, had one at one point. But now there's quite a few options out there for... TVs with a screen reader, accessible TVs, you know, LGs, as we mentioned, Samsung, Sony's, Philips. Um, there's quite, quite a few out there. That's good. I mean, I wish they would advertise this. Yeah. You ask anyone about it in an actual big box store and uh, I don't know, mate, what are you talking about? I don't think the company's <laughs> I mean, it's got if you speakers. Called them up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is it accessible? Well, it's got a power button. It's got a remote control. Yeah. yeah, but that's not. Or it's got, I mean, I love, I, I haven't seen this before or recently, so I, I, maybe I'm being a little bit unfair here, but, you know, I find a lot of Braille turns up on remote controls and it's useful. You know, it's handy to know where the buttons are. And it is handy for identifying buttons for sure. Uh, this TCL TV I've got, which is one that we use in the background of, of our TV show, um, that's that's got a, a pretty accessible remote, although it's only three buttons that are you know, identified all the other buttons is <laughs> figure it out. Good luck. Yes. Um, but, and I don't know how that decision gets made. I suppose it's just physical size, right? There's only so much room on the remote control. Um, mm. or, or you end up with one of those remote controls that are, you know, like an iPad, you know, that are just it's absolutely a bit of humongous. A of mine, this, this, I, I, I mean, you just memorize the buttons on a remote control, don't you? Is that just a blind thing or um, is that just a, cause I don't think, do people actually pick up the remote control, look at what button they're pressing, like it's some sort of keyboard? Or do you just always know top left is power, you know, fill down a bit from that funny five keypad, which has usually got a braille dot on it, or a tactile yeah. dot, I should say. And you know, okay, here's the cursor um, circle and okay's in the middle. You just get muscle memory for what to touch. I don't think you, do. you need yeah, those you large, massive buttoned remote controls. No, it's, it's interesting. I suppose it's because I don't use the TCL other than to turn it on and off, right? Because that's all it does. It just sits there in the background. There's nothing connected to it other than a a logo, really, so that people can see what the, what show it is we're, we're on, whether it's Double Tap or Access Tech Live. So, you know, that's kind of all it does. So I guess I'm not familiar or as familiar instantly with that remote, whereas my home, you're right. I mean, my home TV remote, couldn't tell you what it looks like. I just pick it up and use it. Yeah. Um, You've although, interestingly... Yeah. It is interesting because the, the the TV company in the UK here that I subscribe to, which is Sky, have two different types of remote controls for the main box and for the mini boxes in the, in the other rooms. So the TV remotes are actually different, but they're the same shape, but the buttons are different because they have different functionalities. One, The main box, for example, has voice control on it, and mm. the mini boxes don't. So the button that is for voice control on one is performs a different function on the other. So it kind of creates a confusion. Um, wow! So, how did we get into this conversation? What was, the, no what was the email think, about? It was Camille about... was talking about finding Access Tech Live on YouTube. So, well done! <laughs> but we ended up talking email. about accessible TVs. And yes, Stephen's uh, okay. late to the game with Groups IO, but um, yes, very good. And if anyone's looking for a curved TV that doesn't work, um, 
Let me know. Um, <laughs> the suitcase of CDs I'm keeping, though, just to be very clear on that. It survived. Excellent brand oh, of good. suitcase. Samsonite suitcases. It's the future. Uh, okay, Darren got in touch. Hello, this is Darren from Bexley, Kent. I was very interested to hear about your YouTube article about the free right alpha. I didn't know these types of products existed. Um, I think they will be good in education settings, like in schools, if you need to do work in a classroom as well, where it would be encouraged that children and people in education and adults as well don't have distractions from other things. So yeah. it will give them the space to do be more productive in schools and education settings as well. The closest thing it reminded me of, when I was at school in the 80s, they used to have these Canon, little Canon typewriters, and you used to type in them. No speech, of course, and you had about a line of text on the screen, and you pushed the enter, and it, and it, and it hit the paper. That was real paper. That's I know right. this thing doesn't use paper, the alpha, but that's the closest thing it reminds me of. But I think this would be good in education settings, and, all, and the individuals as well, uh, if you're doing courses and things where you need to write, do a lot of writing and uh, no distractions. Uh, I think education, they are missing a big, big trick here, I agree. If they made it accessible with speech in education, I think education establishments will buy it in hundreds or thousands. This is Darren saying bye for now and thank you. Bye. I think that's a really great point, Darren. I, I completely agree with that. You know, because one of the arguments is often made about, you know, schools they say, well, we tried to take the, the, the phones off the kids, but, you know, they're still online. They've got computers in front of them anyway, although I guess that they're pretty locked down if they're school computers. Um, but even so, you know, they still have that in front of them. They're still staring at screens, you know, all that stuff. And I wonder if this kind of device could, could help that. It's an interesting debate for sure. I, I'm just wanting, I just want accessibility in it. That's all I want. I want the option to buy this. And, you know, having speech output would just be an incredible feature of that. I do remember those Canon typewriters. If you Me remember too. that, Sean. Yeah. I remember those. Because the whole thing that was sold on was the fact that you could check the line of text so you weren't committing it to a piece of paper first. Yeah, so that's clever, right. Actually, at the time. Word processor and printer combined, basically. It was um, it Word was processor. Yeah, that's the phrase. That was it, wasn't it? Word processor. It's very good. Yeah, Big that's bulky a bulky thing. That's a great point, though, about education. But the whole point of that, um, what we were talking about, the free right, was it called? Is that Free right alpha. Alpha. That Sorry, how dare I forget that? Yes, the well, free Well, there's a range right. of them, in fairness. There's a range of different ones. It all comes down to the price point for me because now we've got laptops. I know the distraction is a an angle you keep coming back to, but I, I'm not so sold on distraction. Well, it's a growing free. market. It's a growing market. Distraction free technology, which they, they sort of tend self -control. to self-control, willpower. What happened to no, iron self-control? I don't have any. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I've, I've given up. Look, you are someone who sits there on Facebook Watch for like five hours. I sit and watch about 800 episodes of West Wing on a morning that keep me up all day. You know, this, this has to stop, right? I've got, to, I've got to get away from this. Yeah, what makes changes? Look at the man in the mirror, Stephen Scott, rather than to, someone to fix these problems for you. I'm going to make a change. Oh, very good. Oh, once in my life. <laughs> Am I allowed to sing that? I don't know. No. Probably not. Sorry, Mr. F. Um, let's move on. Shazad's here. Hello, Stephen, Sean, hey. Laura, and Mr. F. I am. I was very sad to hear that uh, Menus for All app is leaving, but I hope uh, um, there will be another app for, for both Apple and Android in the future. 
another thing is that could you tell Sean that he needs to make another uh, bit of his podcast on Sean of the Shed yeah. regarding ordering food via oh. Apple or Android phone? Food. Because the last time he's done any uh, episode was in December, and now we're coming to the end of January. Yeah. Could you please ask him to uh, um, um, bring in new content? Uh, I hope you're all okay. And once again, I was very sad to hear that the uh, menus for all is disappearing. Also, I would like to give feedback about the recent changes to your schedule. I was more than happy that it was uh, five days a week and the express was on a Saturday than it is on a Friday. I always enjoy your show. Keep up the good work. This is Shirad Bukhari from Birmingham. Goodbye. Now, as you can tell, that message was sent at the end of January when Menus for All was going. We were making changes to the show, and obviously we've we've changed things since then. As for Menus for All, though, and I'm sure you've picked up on the Shazad already, but it is back hey! uh, in the App Store. Yeah, it's back. Turn that frown upside down. I was thinking, you know, should I play in the voicemail? But actually, it's important to remind people that it is back because um, it's, it's actually a really interesting story. I'm keen to get them on, and they are keen to come on and tell us the story. So we'll get them on soon, um, I promise yes. you. It's only five days in the week, you know. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. It's ridiculous. <laughs> can, we get, can we get more hours? No, yeah, okay, right, fine. There was a, a, a bit of a delay with Sean and the Shed in January. I think it came in at the end of the month. But, you know, I was I was tired and bloated mm. after Christmas, so I do apologise, but there is something there for you now. And um, is, Isn't that the case with any day for you, pretty much <laughs> that ends in bloated. the letter Y? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Um, you well, resemble that remark. <laughs> oh, that was it. And... and um, Delivery apps, food delivery apps. Mm. I, I, again, it's so different depending on where you are in the world. I think that's a difficult one to do. And people have asked for that before. I think we came back to maybe people should record demos. You know, this should be a listener involvement thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because we need them from all over the world. I can only demo the ones that are active here in the UK, and that may not be of interest to other people. I think the one that I remember we found one when I was in Vienna last time with Mr. F for Zero Project last year, and it was called, I don't know, Schnitzel Mitt or something it was called. That's not the name of it, but that's what I remember oh, it to be because I risky. could not remember. I couldn't remember what on earth, it didn't make any sense what the screen reader was saying. It sounded like Schnitzel Mitt to me. Please stop saying that in case it's terribly offensive <laughs> in another language. <laughs> Apologies if that's not correct, but I think it's fine. Uh, schnitzel's the thing. You're gonna, have you ever tried Schnitzel? I haven't. I intend to, though. Do you know what it is? I'm going to tell you something. And I, I apologise to our Austrian listeners. Oh. But it is, it, it's fried chicken or fried pork. Well, that's I, kind of it. What do you mean that's kind of it? Well, There's so many different ways it could be fried. It could taste totally different, presented differently. Give me more deets. Well, it's like poutine in Canada. Oh, let's not go there because I'll get in trouble. And gravy. I'll get in trouble. Okay. Yeah, well, that is, I, no, you've done it. You've ruined it. That's it. We're finished. Because okay. you can't oh, say that. It's not just chips and gravy. Well, it's chips okay, and gravy with cheese on yeah, but but no, but you're ruining it because over here in the yes. UK, that's like a Friday night. I've finished with my life, and I, you know, <laughs> I've given up. My life. <laughs> I've, given, I've up. given up. I've gone to seed. It's fine. I'll have chips and gravy and mushy peas with some cheese on yeah, top. Yeah, exactly. Lovely. That's it. But you know, that's that's not what this is presented. Nice, and it sounds nice. All right, poutine sounds yeah, nice. It's chips and gravy. Anyway, chips and gravy. Very but don't nice. upset Canadian people. That's We're all not we upsetting need. Upsetting them. 
That's it. Austria, Canada. These are places, these are important. We're going to Austria and we broadcast in Canada and you've ruined both of them. <laughs> well quickly, done. Quickly move on. Thank you, Shazad. <sighs> this show, honestly, international nightmare. Um, <laughs> right, uh, on to Cece from Montreal, who also wants to pick up on a cultural issue. Today, folks, this is Cece on the line from Montreal, just calling to discuss the Americanization of uh, you folks in the United Kingdom. Black tea? <laughs> You've taken their black coffee and simply transferred it over. Correct. Pure language laziness. No. I believe the correct way to describe tea without milk is clear tea. Rubbish. What? So there's my authoritative response on clear tea. Get off. Yeah, Thanks come on. The show. Boo. No, Boo. I'm not taking your thanks. Clear no, tea is it. just water. What are you exactly. talking about? clear tea. What are you talking about? What is that? <laughs> no tea bag, no milk, no sugar. <laughs> just water. <laughs> clear tea for me, please. That yeah, makes no sense. Hot water, please. No, it, it's called black tea. Look, can we just agree no. that Scotland knows best? Can you just get over it and move on, please? Okay, I can't drag geez. any more countries into this. Okay. Well done. <laughs> wow. Um, Sharon has got in touch and Laura reads our email. Hi, everyone. First off, I know we are talking about black tea with or without milk. Oh, the no. real question should be tea bag or leaf, and we haven't even <sighs> begun to explore water temperature. Anyway, I was listening to a short video on YouTube that sounded to me like it was AI generated. As AI gets better over time, this may be harder to detect. I'm wondering if there will be some sort of on screen icon, for instance, that would alert the audience. Hopefully that icon or logo will be accessible. Sharon in Michigan. Yeah, yeah, AI-generated content. I will, I will say that one good thing about uh, Double Tap on YouTube is no one's ever questioned its uh, whether or not it's been created by AI or not. There is absolutely no intelligence, artificial or otherwise, behind it. <laughs> it's real idiocy, as I like to call it. It's R-I. <laughs> artificial intelligence. <laughs> yeah, exactly, R-I. Real idiocy. That is good. Well, I that- like that. Can, can we get a caption for that? Uh, yes, uh, Scotland invented that. Now, isn't that? <laughs> <Do you? laughs> isn't that rather topical? Uh, did I read somewhere, and I don't know any details on this, so this is dangerous. I'm pretty sure that it's been announced. <laughs> Hasn't that, stopped us before. No, true. Facebook and Twitter are to or X, sorry, are to um, mark any AI generated content now as being so. Um, so I don't know how accessible that marking is going to be, what form it's going to take, and what mm. sort of content are they talking about? An AI-generated post? How would they know? Or are we just talking media, as in videos or pictures? But um, yeah, you're right. It, it's got to that stage now where, well, we've been talking about for years, deep faking, and uh, it's becoming a real issue. So yeah, it needs to be marked. Well, you're not... Um... You're not dreaming it because if you were watching, and I know you weren't watching Access Tech Live last night, but that's something I wasn't we talked alive. about. No, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, we did talk about this. We talked about the whole deep fake thing, and, and basically, you know, would it be a smart move to mark these things? But it, it's who's doing the marking, right? So that's the question about AI almost marking its own homework. And it, I mentioned last night that it felt to me like a problem that exists that's being solved by the problem itself, um, which doesn't really makes sense to me, if I'm honest, because how can you trust the AI knowing itself? And is that not the point? Is that not the Terminator moment? I, I thought, is that not the, the <laughs> It's becoming of, self-aware. Yeah, I, it's like, I know, I know. It's, it's like it was looking in the mirror going, that's me. 
And, um, uh, and what about? Don't know if that's a good thing. False flags of it marking content which isn't AI. If you make yeah. a video and it says, "Ah, oh, that's AI," it's not. That's me. That's how I talk. That's Listen, how I look. It's the same. It's the same conversation we've had about child safety and images. You know, as much as we all want to make sure we do. I mean, there's no one really, I think, who, unless you're a bad actor in this. You know, you are somebody who wants to, we all want to make sure that, that our kids are safe from harmful images and all of that. But, you know, if you're allowing AI and companies, important this part, because AI is not on its own. People seem to think it's this thing that lives out on its own or talk about it as if it's this thing out on its own. It's not. It's backed by companies and people. It's trained The data almost. that goes into it is people putting the data in. Yep. So... You know, if suddenly your images are flagged and it's nothing more than, I mean, something completely innocent, but it's entirely misconstrued by the AI, that could, and that was a strike against you, and that strike was then public, that could, I could see that impacting on careers in the future, impacting on people's lives. You know, suddenly it's marked as, you know, this person's been sending images or whatever, yeah. and it turns out to be totally innocent. You have that a person strike has to go to court and fight on your that record. case. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I would, it's a false accusation, right? And we all know what false accusations can do to people. Of course. Well, this would be the same in, in AI world. No digital smoke without digital fire. Yeah, uh -huh. I, 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 yeah. I would hope that common sense would walk through in something as serious as that and that it would always go back to being double, triple, quadruple checked by actual human beings. But you never know. Yeah. Uh, Eleanor got in touch. Always nice to hear from Eleanor. And uh, she's uh, responding to Frank's query about issues with podcasts with Lady A. Hi, guys. It's Eleanor. I had the same issue as Frank with Lady A forgetting how to resume podcasts and music. It seems to have been resolved. So presumably it was a problem at Amazon's end. You can say I have feedback to Lady A and flag up any problems you've got. I now totally understand why you have been raving about air fryers. <laughs> I acquired one yesterday and used a combination of bump-ons for guidance and the smart speaker's timer. Yeah. As I do with the microwave. Mm, I do. I've had it for less than 24 hours and already wonder how I managed without it. <laughs> I love the Thirsty Club murder books. I can guarantee some of the characters will remind you of your parents. They certainly remind me of myself, my sister, and my brother-in-law. Keep up the good work, guys. Bye. I'm plowing on through it. Yeah, it's a great book. And uh, yeah, it's funny. It, it, I've had a few comments already. You We're not going to get to all of them today. But yeah, it's like... <laughs> Seriously, Stephen's reading a book? I mean, it's, it's like, you know, forget AI being able to read your screen and do things for you. Stephen's reading a book! Breaking news! Stephen yeah, reads. what's gone wrong? <laughs> Stephen can read. Well, listen, which is not the same, apparently. Let's not get into that argument. No, leave um, it. Thank you, Eleanor. But, uh, yeah, thank you, Eleanor. That was, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, you do love your air fryer, don't you? You've been raving about that for a long time. I absolutely love it. So it, makes, it makes it so easy, so, uh, it's so safe to use. I know that yeah. sounds stupid, but I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, safe to use, but also it kind of allows you to cook, right? If you are not a cook, because it's like you need to know how to do things when you cook. Yeah, and I have no it. idea. I just don't have a clue, right? I don't have a clue. So, you know, I remember making pork one night and it was just basically a slab of concrete by the time I was done with it. Nice. It just couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, well, that was that was takeout night. You can that's, probably imagine. That's Scottish cuisine. That's right. <laughs> slab of concrete. 
<laughs> chips and gravy. Oh, That's your dinner. I think we've insulted everyone today. You're I think welcome. We've done well. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. We are the internationally rude people. Um, back on Monday, right? Uh, yes. We've got the uh, best of YouTube over the weekend as well. Check that out on the podcast and on AMI Audio. Yeah, we'll catch you Monday. Have a great weekend. And don't forget YouTube. Great content coming up on Sunday. Catch you then, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Margaret Shepherd of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.